So me saying like, I just don't want to pursue things any further. It was a decision that I made and it was a decision that Robin also made. So if she went on camera and said the same exact thing, that would have been the truth. Fears, 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 weather, fears. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And I'm Jillian Cedarholm, Entertainment in Sorry. Entertainment. Entertainment. Better leave this in. Go again. Start again. No. And I'm Jillian Cedarholm, Entertainment Weekly's news director. And I love the BLT community. Uh, you know what? No, after that, we're leaving the redo in there because this is an episode all about acting challenges. And <laughs> as Michelle Visage in the director's chair right now, I'm just going to say that I just directed you to that good take. So yay, applause for Jillian. <laughs> the first good take of my entire <laughs> podcasting career. Thank you. That is a lie. That is a lie. But together, we are the brown flowers of EW and hosts of our new quick drag podcast, recapping season 15 of Drag Race. And we are back, back, back again this week with a quick episode three recap, plus an interview with Amethyst later today, recording live from inside a mimosa that is perched right here on Estities Boulevard. Which is, according to one team on episode three, something that you can do in queer heaven, which actually exists. Jillian, does this mean that, that we have departed for the great Lady Bunny Memorial Hospital in the sky to swim in this libation flavored with citrus? Drowning in a bottomless mimosa like I'm Jinx Monsoon in a season five photo shoot is my idea of heaven. Can I get an amen up in here? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Br- another great line reading for Jillian. <laughs> oh <Yay>. my God. <laughs> It's only episode two. <laughs> you, you, con- congratulations, Jillian. You have won this week's acting challenge. Um, now, to transport us to each new section of the podcast, I'm going to do exactly as Sasha Colby taught us to do. And I'm going to snap my neck to transport us between the sections. So let's get into this full episode. Thank you for not making my ankle go cleek. Uh, <laughs> The episode started with Robin and Amethyst discussing their relationship again, mere moments after Irene's elimination and apparently the elimination of her bowels in someone's station. In their (laughs) talking heads, Amethyst says she was the one to end things and Robin says this chapter is closed and will not be opening up anytime soon, but it seems like there might be more to the story. And when the preview of this scene debuted before the episode aired, Robin went online and questioned Amethyst's version of events in the episode, but said if Amethyst would like to tell y'all the truth, that's on her. So uh, it does seem like there's either something more or they are really playing this up for drama, which I hope we get to the bottom too. But just imagine getting this life-changing opportunity and with this small group of people and you enter and one of them is your ex who you have drama (laughs) with. So I just keep thinking of that. Like, yeah, that would suck. So I do feel for them. But what do you think? Do you think there's more to the story? I think there's, oh, there's absolutely more to the story or else these editors would not be teasing it this way. And I also just think on top of that, what you're saying, like, yes, it's your ex, but also like one of the five total drag queens in all of the state of Connecticut is just like, (laughs) and also your ex. It's just, it's crazy. But they, I also, I just love that this is also, it seems to be the first sort of online contention that we've had between contestants this season and i think it's all done maybe tongue-in-cheek is the wrong word but like it's it's all done i think with a little bit of fun and sassiness and 
I, I, I'm not sure that they're like at each other's throats. It at least it didn't seem yeah. like that on the set. And even when yeah, we did they our were video also interview, getting along. Yeah, um, like in the episode, oh, they were like, like cracking each other's back yes. and stuff. So right. yeah, right. That was I loved that shot. That shot was so funny. But I definitely think that we're going to be getting more on this. Hopefully from Amethyst and maybe in the Q and A that we have coming up with her. Hopefully yes. we'll get a little bit more tea on that situation from her. But. The next day, Amethyst and Anitra were tasked with picking teams for an acting challenge, creating separate infomercials for Queer Heaven, which praise be to Team Sasha Colby for making Sasha Colby literal god, which makes sense with everyone's collective fantasy. But it appears that Sugar dragged Jax into the fiery depths of literal drag race hell when she would not shut up about her ideas for the segment and even got so annoyed that she had to tell Sugar to sit on the other side of the table from her. This was another moment online, unfortunately, for yeah. Jax. A lot of people seem to be coming for Jax. I think the twins have built up a really rabid fan base within the span of like seven or eight days, much more so than they had before the season even was airing. So it's always unfortunate to see a queen be on the receiving end of that kind of hatred, especially. I mean, we've all, we're only on episode two or three, and we already have the queens posting these statements that's like, please do not direct any hatred toward my friend. And I mean, Sugar and Spice posted that over the weekend. And it's just, it, it's craziness that we still have to see this every single season. Yeah. I mean, the unfortunate thing is that we don't get to see it play out, or at least in this episode, like it doesn't come up again. There's not a, they're not talking it out. And we also, in Jax's defense, did not get to see how long Sugar might have been going. Right. We, we only saw that Sugar actually did quite well in the challenge and that she's like this baby queen. And so it kind of sucks that she was physically removed from the situation. But I mean, we don't know what else was happening. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like it is unfortunate. And I'm I'm happy that they are coming to each other's defenses on on social media, but also they do have to understand that viewers are reacting to it as a TV show. Like, absolutely, you should not be sending yeah. anyone hate or death threats or anything like that. But it's like in the moment, as a viewer, getting heated over something is only natural. It's just oh, the step where sure. you're like then talking to a queen themselves about it. Don't tag yes. the queens when you're saying it. Right. When you take it, it's so weird because like on – you, I feel like sometimes a lot of the time unscripted shows provoke even stronger emotions than scripted shows do from people mm -hmm. sometimes. And it makes it so much easier for them, especially when they're young kids to just go online and unleash all of those feelings from the confines of their own home and forget that these are not characters and that there's actually people on the other end of this just because they're on TV doesn't mean they're characters. And mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's, I think I saw somebody say that like the contestants have to pass a psych exam to or a psych evaluation to go on the show, you should have to pass a psych exam to be a fan of the show and watch the show to be able to give your opinions online. Because it's just gotten to a level where it's just, it, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's not logical. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. Um, but I, I think it is really sweet seeing this, this evolution of the twins. Like I, I think yeah. that they are, I mean, I, I really can see them listening and taking it in. Like, it seems like they do want this mm -hmm. advice from the other queens mm -hmm. and are maybe just so excited to be there. But I thought that the moment in Untucked, when they were just like really kind of just like, like you could see them just really listening yeah. when all the other queens were speaking. And then when Mistress was giving them advice, it wasn't like, oh, I don't agree because I'm like already perfect because I have more followers mm -hmm. than you on TikTok. It was like, oh, yeah, like we are really fully taking in 
Yeah, mess. we're we're it. We're, they're 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 very smart. A lot of people seem to seem to be accusing them of being dumb, and it's just like they they are not. It, this is going to make sense, I promise, when I get to the end of this point. But I liken <laughs> it to something like, obviously, sugar and spice are not Marilyn Monroe, but it's very similar to what Marilyn Monroe was doing in her film career. I mean, it was sort of leaning into a certain stereotype or uh, personality type for comedic effect, very knowingly so. It's obviously a much lesser version of obviously what Marilyn Monroe did with her career, but it's, do you get what I'm saying? It's like in the same sort of of uh i do i, I might say that. paris hilton over marilyn monroe with these two but yeah, I, paris I agree hilton, I could see that now too. i do want to see them as sugar as marilyn monroe and spices norma jean though in snatch, For game, snatch game yes yeah. well we also oh on this note of the twins though we have to talk about that the fact that they are now davenports <laughs> yes so tell us walk us through what happened on oh, else happened on social media over the weekend remember. yes you texted me this and i <laughs> like freaked out i was like this is the craziest and also best and most unexpected news ever that mistress isabel brooks actually adopted the twins as her drag daughters so they are now officially in the same drag family as kennedy davenport all of the davenports monet exchange Exchange, o'hara so many greats Uh and but sadly not nicole page brooks who is not related to mistress isabel brooks but uh they are still in this amazing drag family it's just i i was gagged and i'm still gagged over this but i think that that should say to everybody that all of this this goes back to the point uh that we were making earlier with jacks that all of this what you're seeing on tv is purely for tv these queens have lives and family and connections outside of the show and that should speak to you enough about sugar and spices drag the fact that mistress isabel brooks is now adopting them and is fully their drag mother so yes it's yeah. it was just a wonderful bit of news yeah and and every time someone complains about something like this online i just think like you're mad that there's drama but you're mad whenever there's not drama or it's a boring episode you can't win with this fan base you can't yeah you really can't um and it's surprising that we got drama this episode because the episodes are now 60 minutes now that it's moved over to mtv with even shorter with commercials factored in and we really felt that coming off a two-hour premiere that was largely Mm commercial-free. There was no mini-challenges episode, seemingly a sped-up runway. It seemed really fast to me. Uh, No panel deliberation. Uh, Some fans have actually started a change.org petition to complain and try to get the episodes back to 90 minutes. (laughs) Did it feel to you like we're missing something in the shorter episodes? I mean, this is not the first time in Drag Race history. Like, I think it was, when did it change over? Season nine. 10, 11? Season nine, nine I think. Or well, nine was the last one, I think, that was at 60 minutes. Yeah, and then I think 60, season 10 yeah. was 90, or was season 11, 90 minutes? Maybe it was season 11 that was not. I forget. I, I, I forget off the top of my head. Yeah. But, I mean, post-quarantine, it's definitely been 90 minutes. Yes, but does yes. it seem like we're missing something to you? Or are we going to be thanking <sighs> Sasha Colby in Palm Springs when we're down the line, down to half the cast, <laughs> and don't have to deal with all this filler to to get over like only having eight queens to talk to for 90 minutes? I don't know. I think that as a contestant, yeah, maybe I'd feel differently. But I also just feel like 
again, this goes back to the point of like, you cannot win with this fan base. How many people were complaining throughout the 90 minute episodes with 30 minute untucks afterwards that drag race was two hours every single week, plus the international editions. How many people were complaining about that? And now it's like MTV takes it down to 60 (laughs) minutes and everybody's pissed again. It's like you, that just speaks to me again, like the, to the theme this season has been giving is that this dichotomy of the younger and the newer or or the newer and the older sort of generations of drag and drag fandom, because Mm -hmm. growing up watching this show, uh, the episodes were 60 minutes when it was on logo. And it's like, you have all of these iconic moments that happened in drag race history that were on 60 minute episodes. And we're back to that same format. So I don't know, we're still getting these Queens where it's not like the only place now, especially now, the only place we're seeing these Queens is not on TV. They're on social media. They're on TikTok. Mm. They're doing YouTube. They're doing Roscoe's. They're doing podcasts, our podcasts. It's like you have access to these queens 24-7. And like I said, it might be different as a contestant knowing that you spent a lot of time and a lot of money and Mm -hmm. the episodes are condensed. I'm not taking anything away from the contestants that are saying that. But I just think from a viewer standpoint, I noticed that it was shorter, but I kind of like it that it's snappier. I don't know. How How did you feel? Yeah, I mean, at first I was like, well, do I do I really feel like I fully know Princess Poppy in the way that I would know somebody that got, at this point, three 90-minute episodes um, from the show itself? Maybe not quite, but like you're saying, like I watched all of your interviews with her. I've seen her mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff on social media. So I, yeah, like I feel – and it's also like when I think back to early season queens that went out maybe first or second without going online to research them after watching, I could not tell you the first thing about a lot of those first or second outs. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, and especially after this premiere, I guess I'm not complaining. Maybe when it's next episode, no complaints. I, yeah. The, the, no complaints, but the <laughs> snatch game episode, that's where I'm really worried about having, having it moved so yes. early in the season to have it supersized and um, not have time. Unless they just start it right off the bat with, okay, Queens, you're doing Snatch Game. Then they show Rue going around and doing his little critiques all within the first 10 minutes. And then we just get like 30 minutes of Snatch Game. That could be fun. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, because it already, even with the 90 minutes, it felt like we were getting less and less Snatch Game in in many cases. And now it's less time and more Queens. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll We'll see. Everyone can tune in to see how <laughs> Snatch Game uh, stacked up next week on EW's Quick Track when we're recapping this. Yes. But you don't feel like you got to know Princess Poppy a little bit in her lip sync <laughs> to Diana I mean, Ross. <laughs> oh, yes. No, no. I think that actually confused me more about Princess Poppy than, <laughs> than ever. And I cannot wait to to get, dive into that a little bit more. Oh, oh we are going to dive into that, <laughs> yes, because on the main stage and runway, I thought the challenge was pretty funny for the most part. I thought the looks were mostly all giving, although I didn't I didn't quite understand Poppy's look, but I felt like like I said initially watching it, I was like there's there there has to be more of a story here. Um because she also just said that she stoned her Princess Poppy pussy the night before. So I'm like did you make this outfit the day of? Did this get FedEx to the set? You said the runway, it felt like it went by a little bit um, quicker. Yeah, so. I definitely felt like I was not fully seeing all of the outfits. I, I think at the end, I was like, wait, did I ever see Anitra? Did I ever see uh, Malaysia? So I, I like definitely was rewinding it to to see. And But yeah, Poppy's outfit was a little 
puzzling to me. And I was wondering if there was some last minute change and why, if, if true, then why not beg, barter, and steal from your sisters? I did know, did you clock that in one of the, cha- that in the challenge, it looked like Aura was wearing Princess Poppy's viral, quote unquote, viral TikTok dress no. of the I'm homophobic. No. So I saw it and I was like, is that a hot dog on, on a stick uniform? <laughs> but like the colors are off. And so I Googled and someone on TikTok said that they thought that was the same exact color scheme of the dress and just without the words on it. So I was wondering oh. if Aura borrowed that from Poppy, in which oh, case, maybe. like, why not then say, okay, but I will trade you for anything metallic in your yeah your whole wardrobe but to me the the true winner of the runway was spices robot dog Uh, oh just the dog itself just the dog (laughs) that was very cute that was very cute the thing though that i wanted to talk about from this was Marsha in untucked mentioned that she did hear michelle make the comment while she was walking the runway about her not taking the tip on her makeup um saying something like she well she got the tip of the makeup but only applied it to her nose which i thought was really (laughs) it was i don't know like it sucks like to not to not wait for the critiques like she was safe so she wouldn't have heard it so maybe it's good that you know safe girls are always like well i want to hear the critiques about me but i'm just like if you're walking like this is your moment in your runway and suddenly you hear the judges cracking a negative comment about you i thought was kind of upsetting i did always wonder how much of the comments they could actually hear while they were walking sometimes you kind of see them react but not too big so yeah. um did you catch that no i did not i, I did not catch that it's, it's it's a lot of having to go back and rewatch and and pick up on things but i'm sure i in the moment maybe recognized it but it's not it's not coming up at the top of my head that exact yeah. moment but. So after that, Princess Poppy landed in the bottom with Amethyst as determined by a panel that included T.S. Madison's first appearance of the season as a regular rotating judge, which we love to see. Mm -hmm. This also marked Amethyst's second bottom two appearance in a row, which I and then they lip sync to Diana Ross's song, which we all know is RuPaul's favorite artist, as Selena even mentioned, like you cannot mess up or go fully ham on diana ross in front of rupaul that's like mm-hmm. the one time Ru like doesn't want you to really go funny and they took two different approaches where poppy <laughs> i don't know like uh, i i really thought she had it in the beginning yeah, and then when too. she just like fully went over to the back i could not understand that she was mouthing something I and i couldn't make out funny. what she was saying started white girl twerking in front of the other queens in the back i just didn't understand it to this song um, or just, I don't know if there was like some other way to do it that made it a little more sensical with, with the song, I guess. It just seemed like a little chaotic to me. It what was, was your reaction? chaotic, but you know, I love a good chaotic lip sync and <laughs> yes. I thought it was really funny. I, I was really, I thought it was perfectly, well, it was perfectly poppy. Um, <laughs> it really was, <laughs> it, it was, it was her vibe. She brought her vibe to the song, I think. I know it's Rue's favorite artist, but I'm just like, you got to give them some kind of room to do. They're always saying, like, bring you into whatever you're doing. And it's like, Poppy brought her into a Diana Ross song. And I thought it was really entertaining to watch. But I thought I was, I, I took that moment as when she stepped off the stage, which I don't know if anybody's ever done that before, uh, to, to like sort of go join the other queens on both sides. But yeah, I thought I it was can't just remember like, it in U.S. season. I can't I feel remember like it someone either. in an international, an international one, maybe. But yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone's ever done it on the U.S. version. But I took it as 
Poppy just being like, all right, I'm just going to go join the safe girls. You're going to call me safe. And then like going over to the other side and be like, okay, no, not there. Okay, I'm going to go over here. And I just, I, I thought it was a really funny sort of meta moment to sort of reference the fact that she thought she was going to be safe or like sort of asking Rue to like let her join the other girls. So I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, seeing it through your eyes, I maybe I feel a little bit different. But does this mean <laughs> that Amethyst gets to call herself the official season 15 lip sync assassin at this point? By as pure of right numbers now, alone? Yes, as of right now, Amethyst is officially the lip sync assassin. She won, yeah, her second lip sync of the season and prevented the secession of the state of Connecticut. Now, because we watch (laughs) Untucked and are fans of not only getting half the story, we have Amethyst to dish on her relationship with Robin filming this week's acting challenge, what it was like lip syncing against someone who went rogue and jumped off the stage, and some tea on her padding situation after her critiques on the runway last week. Enjoy the interview. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Hello, Amethyst. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so great. I love speaking with you so much. It's been so nice to get to know you these past few weeks and even better to see you finally on TV. You must be so exhausted, though. We're now two weeks into this thing. Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey, and it's uh, only in, uh, like a short amount of time. But roll with the punches, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I was fearing a secession of the state of Connecticut, though. After two weeks of you in the bottom, I was fearing that. But thankfully, that you've done us proud with this lip sync. <laughs> oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Now I want to get into everything about episode two, which I, I mean, started in many ways where episode one left off. I mean, you re-entered the workroom after being in the bottom only to be faced with inquiries over your relationship with Robin once again. So let's get that out of the way. I mean, Robin has said online that there are some inaccuracies, we'll say, and she said in a confessional that she would let you tell the story. So what is the true tea here on this relationship? Like, how did things start and how did things end? And why is she like putting it on you to tell this story? That's what I partly, I don't understand why it's this whole, well, I'll let Amethyst tell the story. I'll let Amethyst tell the story. And then when I finally tell my truth with, you know, how I remember things happening, it's a lie. <laughs> so I'm a little, a little confused about that. Cause if you, if you want to get your truth out there, just tell it baby girl, you know, like don't, don't rely on me and then call me a liar. Um, but yeah, it, like I just said, I told my truth, what I remember happening. Um, I still to this day remember the exact conversation that we had in her car, in my driveway about how we were looking for different things. And it was a mutual decision because we were looking for different things. You know, me saying on camera, I made a decision not to pursue things further. That was true. It wasn't me saying like, I broke up with Robin because I mean, there was nothing really to like break up because we weren't together for that long. 
and it wasn't really that official. So me saying like, I just don't want to pursue things any further. It was a decision that I made and it was a decision that Robin also made. So if she went on camera and said the same exact thing, that would have been the truth. You know, I mean, that, that makes sense. What you're saying is, is that just because you're saying in the confessional, like, you know, I made that decision, you made that decision for yourself, but you're saying it, right. was, it just... was, it was a personal decision that mm-hmm. I, I made, you know? Right. So it was, but, but I mean, it, it's a mutual thing. Like you're saying, like you making Correct. that decision for yourself as part of a mutual decision. So it wasn't like anybody, Correct. it was just an organic conversation that came up in that car. It wasn't like you said to her, like, let's meet and let's talk about this. Cause I want to end things. Right. Right. Okay. It was, it was more of like, you know, we've been, we were having fun. We were fooling around. And then it got down to like Robin asking me like, what is this? What are we, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then when we both said like what we were looking for, it was just like the, com- it could not have been more of the complete opposite. So nothing rekindled on the set of drag race. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing since nothing since. And I think fans <laughs> just kind of like, jumped the gun and like immediately like when i said that they were like oh amethyst said like she broke up with robin she was the one i'm like i never even said that yeah you did not th- those words i guess did, yes those those words did not leave your mouth so never i never mean, left you my can't, mouth <laughs> no you can't win with this fandom sometimes i mean i don't you, no. after two weeks uh, i feel like Girl, you have i'm learning come to learn this <laughs> yes, yes i am learning Everyone learns the tough way with the Drag Race fandom, but, you know, even though you did land in the bottom these past two weeks, you have been one of the main characters of this season in many ways, from the Robin discussion to the performance in the challenge and winning both lip syncs in the bottom. You're officially the lip sync assassin so far, only two weeks in. Well, again, the fandom has dubbed me the lip sync survivor, but we'll see. We'll see. see. No, no, we're going to go with assassin on this podcast. I'm officially declaring it I like that one better. Yes, me too. Me too. But in this acting challenge, I'm I'm curious about your team conceiving of this idea and then through to filming. So uh, how much of what you filmed was part of your original idea? And did you maybe make the choice or did the team make the choice to maybe leave some jokes or story elements out that in hindsight, you think maybe you should have put into the final challenge? Um, Honestly, most of what you saw on the show was like pretty accurate to what, what like happened. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I will say me being quiet and me, um, being kind of like timid, um, was a little bit exaggerated because I, I was throwing out ideas, not as much as, you know, Poppy and Lucy who just kind of like took the reins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's something that I've always kind of dealt with. I, I have ideas. I'm just really bad about being vocal with them and i'm really bad about knowing you know when to voice my opinion and when to jump in i just get really scared and and timid when it does come to that um but there were there were some ideas that i was contributing Mm -hmm. for sure do you remember an idea that maybe you pitched that didn't make it into the um the final performance that you just didn't do um no not that i can think of right now and Mm -hmm. if it did (laughs) like i feel like it was really vulgar because there were (laughs) there were some really like (laughs) like things that just kind of like crossed the line that we were like no 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 and like i are we already got the critique that was like the blue humor was a little too much like can you imagine if we had left those like even more vulgar (laughs) things in there like how much worse that would have been for us so it probably worked out for the best 
there's no such thing as too much blue humor as far as I'm concerned. That's what, well, that's what I was thinking. Cause I'm like, if you're going to go for it and like Michelle and Rue give this note all the time, if you're going to go for it, go big. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. And, and then you did. when I did, <laughs> I did go big. And then I was like, maybe you should pull back a little. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess it ended up di- being the wrong decision, but I mean, still, I think it was, it was funny. There's nobody that I think is doing like poorly this season. It's just kind of like, you know, it's a competition. So somebody has to be in the bottom. Like, right. I didn't not enjoy anybody's performance. It really comes down to the challenge and mm-hmm. the runway. Yes. And I think uh, one of the other queens said that they noticed in the other team, Jack's getting pretty frustrated with Sugar. We saw Jack switching places or um, making Sugar switch places at the table because she was getting annoyed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you weren't in that team, but could you all notice in the room that there was maybe some tension going on over there? And how oh, do honey. you feel? Oh, honey. <laughs> I'll tea. I'll tea. Let me tell you something. What we saw on the show, that was nothing. That was absolutely nothing compared to what was happening. They, they were, were like, they screaming. were like, they were screaming at each other at times. Oh so for you, to, for you to be like, I know you weren't in their group, but like, did you catch anything? Oh, we caught it. The whole you room caught, caught it. it. Yeah. Yeah. The studio down the street caught it. You know, <laughs> um, it was, I was like, oh no, the leftovers. Yeah. It was pretty, um, pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, the, the she did seem to, Sugar seemed to be pretty shaken by that. But I mean, I, I have to point yeah. out that Jack, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that Jax has been getting some very unfortunate um, flack online for that. So how do you feel yeah. about that whole situation that we're two weeks in and, you know, we're already having to post like, you know, d- please don't send any of my sister's hatred oh, online. Beyond upsetting to me. I've been in touch with Jax pretty much every single day since the episode aired, just like, I'm sure she's annoyed with me, but I like, I'll just be like, Hey, just checking in. And like, yeah. she'll respond. Yeah. Like sometimes she'll like, she'll be like immediately with the response or like, you know, she'll take her time. Like, I don't want to like annoy her or anything, but it's, it's crazy to me. And it's, you know, these so-called fans that are the ones sparking all of this drama. Mm-hmm. And I don't think what people understand, um, you know, Jax before she, um, left social media or you know she's she's just taking a break like all of her accounts are still there but you know she just deleted everything off her phone just to so she's not tempted to click on the on the app and just like see whatever pops up Mm -hmm. yeah because if it's settled between the people that it's happening between like a fan chiming in and saying something that's not adding anything that can only harm because they're not directly involved in the situation so if jackson sugar are good like jackson sugar are good Right. And I can understand, like, if, if Sugar had, like, spoken out and said, like, you know, this really, like, looking back, I remember, like, how bad I felt, like, this really hurt my feelings and yada, yada. But she never said that, like, because they're mm-hmm. cool, like, they're fine. So yeah. leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and if if we can go from Mistress Isabel Brooks criticizing the twins on the first episode to adopting them as her drag children, I mean, anything is possible. Hello, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that? I was so gagged when I heard that news the other day. I think it's the, the cutest and sweetest thing ever. They are mm-hmm. uh, just so cute together. And I love watching them like interact like behind the scenes. And yeah, I love them. It's adorable. It really is and adorable. I'm especially happy for Sugar and Spice because coming into this, this competition, the, the show, like we have to remember like this is their first taste of like having anything similar to what like a drag family is. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's so important to them. And um, it makes me really happy that, you know, this is their first experience of having a drag family. Like, that's a pretty good one, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, it, I, I thought that we were going to hear some sort of backstory between you and Lucy on the show, too, because Lucy had some very interesting words uh, whenever she first saw you in the workroom in the confessional. She said that she had seen your, your entrance outfit before outside the workroom which is a lie oh, oh yeah i wanted clarification on that so wait does she yeah. did, did she mean that she saw you in it like at a club in connecticut or something no i i here's what i think she meant because i had that was my that was the first time i've ever put on that specific look was uh-huh. for and i got that specific look for my entrance to walk into the workroom um, so I was a little shocked when I heard her say that. The only thing I can think of is maybe she meant like she's seen me in a very similar silhouette mm-hmm. because that is like a very go-to amethyst look, like the holographic material, the PVC material, the bralette in a skirt. Like it's very amethyst. So I don't yeah. know if that's what she meant, but that was my first time that I ever wore that outfit. So I don't want to hear it. Okay, so now we've gotten that out of the way. Um, On the runway this week, too, I thought you looked really great. Uh, The gold dress reminded me a lot of what, of course, I mean, it reminded me a lot of what La La Rie wore for the season 13 ball, the gold look. I mean, it was equally as delicious. I loved it so much. I love the piece in your hair. I just thought it was great. But I have to know, after receiving the critiques last week, did this runway change your approach to padding at all? No. Because, like, here's my thing. (laughs) Um, Here's my thing. I am so, 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 so open to critiques. Um, And I think it's how you do well in the competition. Um, It is a competition after all. Um, You know, I got critiques on my nose this week. And, you know, you may or may not see me apply it for next week. That's something that, like, I can do. But, like, The issue with the padding thing is I didn't like physically bring pads with me Mm -hmm. and I like didn't really feel like it would have been okay to like cut up the couch in my hotel suite (laughs) that I was staying in. And I was like, cause I'm like, well, okay. Like I really want to like work with this and I really want to show them that like, I want to improve and give them what they want, even though it's not exactly what I see for myself. Um, Cause you know, I, I still don't get the whole padding thing. I, it just doesn't make, it doesn't resonate with me. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm playing a woman, but like not all women have a thick ass. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So like, let me represent, let me represent the skinny white girls with no ass. Like, let me do it. (laughs) Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to do it. So, so yeah, that was my thing with the whole padding. I would have loved to, um, work on that but like i physically didn't have anything to like work with um i will say after eliminating irene she was really sweet and she did leave me some of her pads she told me that last week yeah yeah have you seen her pads though (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think we got a glimpse of them in the in the first episode let me tell you i tried those on baby and i looked like mrs fucking incredible (laughs) I like it was out of this world hourglass like to the extreme and I was like like if I if I even like wore these like none of my costumes would have fit so I I did just want to clarify that like I was super super thankful for 
what Irene did, but like yeah. it just didn't work out, and I feel mm-hmm. so bad. <laughs> so you attempted it, but you just couldn't. Get, I attempted. Like, it... I did. <laughs> I did, but uh, you know, the pancakes, they just, they really speak to me. <laughs> yeah, more power My little to flapjacks. You. I love yeah. them. They're so cute. So let's talk about Thank this you. lip sync then. I mean, you, you lip synced against Princess Poppy in the bottom two. And during yeah. the lip sync, you said in a confessional that you were kind of shocked that Poppy approached the lip sync like a little thoughtier and a little bit more comedic. So what was that like yeah. performing on stage next to that when you <laughs> were doing such a different approach? Joey, I was so confused. <laughs> it's like, I was so like, I don't know if you see, but like there's one point, I think it was after I, you know, took the coat off, which looking back, yes, America, I should have left the coat on. <laughs> Leave me alone. I was feeling my fantasy. I mean, I did do it on like a hit of a, like a beat. So I was like, yeah. I thought that would have looked cool. And it did look cool like when I did it, but I was like, anything after that, I was like, uh, I wish I still had that on. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like feeling it. I was getting into it. Um, and then I remember like twirling to my left. And then I noticed that nobody was on the stage with me anymore. <laughs> I was like, what? what's going on? So I phys- then I had to physically turn my body all the way around. And I, and then I started hearing Marsha screaming. Um, and then I, like, I just saw Poppy like dancing with my sisters in the back. And I was like, Oh no. Oh no girl. So then I just, um, I just had to do what, what, what needed to be done. And I just finished out the lip sync, but I was so confused. Yeah, I was going to say, like, especially that moment, it had to have been so jarring when you finally noticed yeah. it. So, but, like, what was the vibe in the room like? Could you get a vibe from, like, the judges and the other queens when she did that? Um, yes and no. Um, I mean, I thought she left for a second. Like, I thought she pulled a Ginny Lemon for a oh, second Ginny and Lemon, just, like, yeah. pieced out. I really did. <laughs> like, <laughs> so my my very first reaction was like my heart dropped i was like poppy no what are you doing and then yeah because this was right after we were just in untucked and she was like i'm fine if we go if i go home so when i you know when i initially turned and i didn't see her there i was like no she fucking didn't and Mm -hmm. then and then i saw her and i was like my heart came back up from my my booty hole and it was i was like (laughs) okay okay and then i did look i remember looking over at rue who was kind of like smirking but it was like an awkward smirk yeah and then everybody else was just kind of puzzled yeah. as far as I remember. Yeah. Well, how did you feel in Untucked when she said that she would be okay with it with she, when she went home? Did you understand what she was saying or did you take it the way that Mistress Isabel Brooks seemed to take it in the moment? Um, I, I love Poppy so much, but I, I did not understand where, where exactly she was coming from. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I can understand now, now that like, I've talked to her more personally. Um, that she's just not into like the whole competitive thing. Yeah. Then it's like, why did you come on the show? Mm-hmm. But you know, I can't, you can't blame her for that because this show is such an incredible platform for, for any drag artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was hearing her though, explain it. It's like in the moment I can see where that would be pretty jarring to you, but I think in yeah. hindsight, it's like, I kind of get the explanation of, you know, she doesn't want to go home, but if she right. does, it's like, you kind of have to give yourself that mental preparation to, so that it doesn't totally wreck you, I guess, is what I took from Correct. Her. Yeah. Correct. 
Well, Amethyst, is there anything else that you would like to say about this episode or maybe little teases about what we can expect going forward? All I can say is wish me luck on helping me find my funny. Yes, yes. It's going to be a crazy Snatch Game we have coming up. We cannot wait to see that. Most queens who have ever done Snatch Game at one time, I bet that that is pure chaos. Oh, it is. I can't (laughs) wait. It's going to be so good. Yes, it is. I can't wait to see what you do on that episode. Again, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, Amethyst. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Of course. It was nice to talk to you. That's it for this week's episode of EW's Quick Drag. We are escaping our mimosa glasses and getting into the van of our official designated driver on Gina and are now careening through traffic on Estides Boulevard in search of a new recording home for next week's episode. We hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in queer heaven. Angina, hit it. Thank you all for listening. Tune in to next week's new episode of EW's Quick Drag Tuesday for an all-new recap of episode four of RuPaul's Drag Race season 15, featuring a recap of the Snatch Game, new interviews, and a Q&A with next week's Eliminated Queen. Make sure you keep up with all of our coverage at EW.com slash Drag Race throughout the year. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Joey, can you burp on command? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Princess Poppy.